Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hey listeners, welcome back to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I don't know if that's actually true, but it sounds cool. I know your name. I know your name too. What is your name? My name is Eric. Wow, and my name is Peter. That was actually a nice transition into our introductions. <laughs> that worked quite well. Yes. Good job. Thank you. Uh, so, Jen is not here again. We are actually not sure where she is. Jen, if you can hear us, follow us on Facebook and tell us that you're okay. <laughs> Except she's not listening to this as we record it, though. <laughs> like a week later. <laughs> Maybe she's in a time loop somewhere. Maybe she's like the time-traveling pharmacist. Yeah, exactly. She's just going to bust in through the door and shotgun us simultaneously. Sh- sh- shoot a hobo, which is a past version of herself. Or a future version of herself. What was it? Wasn't it like his some version of him... Dressed up as a hobo, even though he was really rich and could buy a house with the money he was carrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I. Maybe he was a future hobo, and, like, inflation had gotten so bad that he had $250,000 in his wallet. But, you know, that would only buy a banana where he was from. Mm. Again, our theories become much more interesting than the actual story. Right? Maybe bananas there cost as much as a house. The entire world maybe potassium deficiency. For those of you who have no absolutely no idea what we're talking about, we're referencing two episodes ago the story "The Pharmacist from the Future." I don't know if I really recommend it, <laughs> but it was definitely an episode. Anyway, so last episode, uh, I was not here. You guys did uh, the shortcut home, which I did listen to afterward because I had to edit the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that seemed like a very interesting tale of things happening tonight we have another interesting tale of things happening uh, we're gonna go back uh, to a physical book again we've done a couple of these in the past generally we do internet stories but I want to do another book because they're pretty fun and I'm hoping that the quality generally is better than what we get sometimes yeah, on the you know, interwebs. Don't want to lose track of our roots. That's true. So the the story that I selected for tonight, um, possibly for I don't know how long this is going to go. It might be two episodes. Oh, is this one of the I, bigger books? It's one of the bigger books. I'm not exactly sure right now how long it's going to take. Um, this one's called "The Mona Lisa Is Missing" by Ramsey Montgomery. This is Choose Your Own Adventure, number 76. For those of you who want to go pick up the actual book on uh, Amazon or something for probably 50 cents. <laughs> oh, dang. They have a they have one called Journey to the Year 3000. Ooh. A, a Choose Your Own Adventure super adventure. A super adventure? Oh, you know what? Uh, the other super adventure they list here is called Danger Zones. And that's actually the other book that I have that we haven't gotten to yet. Ooh. So we actually do have a super adventure. I didn't even know that. We have a super adventure. We're going to have to tear into that. Danger Zone! Danger Zone! It's just right. one of those like noise-making cards. You open the book <laughs> and just shouts Danger Zone! at you. It doesn't even play the song. I would not be disappointed with that. <laughs> uh, but alas, we are going to do uh, The Mona Lisa is Missing. All right. Uh, so the, some of the previous Choose Your Own Adventure books that we've done before, um, were pretty short and they seem to be for like the younger readers. This one's a little bit thicker and it doesn't really have, I guess it has a couple of illustrations, but that's, they're definitely not as prominent. It this one seems like it's more for maybe like fifth graders or something, fourth graders maybe. Right. So we might be straining ourselves a little bit with some of the words. Yeah, I I, uh, I might have some trouble here. Mona Lisa stolen. Paris, 15th of March. 
In Paris yesterday, thieves broke into the Louvre Museum and stole the famous Mona Lisa. Police investigating the crime have no substantial clues. It is suspected that the recent rash of terrorist bombings, including the bombing of the central post office three, three days ago, is in some way connected to the theft. For several days, the Louvre has been protected by only a third of its regular guards, since additional men and women have been needed to cover government buildings. It is rumored that the Sûreté... I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, I mean, I assume it's the either French or Parisian police force. Maybe it's their version of the FBI? Probably. I'm gonna if I ever see that for now on, I'm gonna call it the FBI because okay, I don't know how, how do you, I don't how do you, know how to pronounce it. How do you spell it? S U with a bracket going upward over it. R E T E with a thing over it. Uh, I guess it's uh, surete or something like that. It mean basically means safety or security. Safety. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. They're the safety. I'm gonna the call safety that. is here. <laughs> Okay, so it is rumored that the safety is bringing in an American specialist to help with the case. So I guess when uh, things really go wrong, bring in the real real FBI. Right, I love when they do that BS. Like, <laughs> we can't even get the FBI and local cops to work together properly. And they're like, a thing completely contained within France with all French issues has happened let's bring in the americans there's no way we'll figure this one out on our own <laughs> what does america ever do that shit like no no we just bring in more americans yeah i mean that's basically the plot of uh the expendables right yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much okay um you can't believe it just two weeks before your family's scheduled visit to paris the mona lisa has been stolen you toss the newspaper you were reading onto the coffee table and sink down on a chair in the living room. Seeing the Mona Lisa was to be the high point of your trip. But even though you're greatly disappointed by the theft, you've always been interested in crimes involving art. That's oddly specific. <laughs> and the disappearance of the famous painting promises to be a particularly interesting or an intriguing case. And there's an illustration here that you listeners can imagine in the garden of your mind it's a boy sitting on a couch looking at a newspaper with a gasped face <laughs> two days <laughs> his picture like the gasp emoji yeah exactly crudely pasted on some sort of black and white illustration <laughs> two days later you find yourself in orly one of the airports in paris the theft of the Mona Lisa has dramatically changed your plans. You're going to all the way to Paris and like that one painting is like the center of your entire trip. It seems whatever. Yeah. Like so the the fact that you can't see it like completely changes the landscape of your journey. It just seems odd to me. It's a bit of an overreaction, I feel like. I feel like that's almost insulting to like Paris and France as a whole. Like, oh, if you don't have the Mona Lisa, fuck your shitty city. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, gosh. Um, right after you finished reading about the theft, you received a telephone call from the suture. Oh, so, and then it says in parentheses, France's FBI. Oh, well, now so, they tell us. Now they tell us, which, yeah, okay. I'm still going to call them the safety, though. Uh, you received a telephone call from the safety asking for your help in recovering the painting. Aren't we like a boy? I, I, uh, I according so. to the illustration, we seem like we're probably 14. <laughs> we heard some American tourists with a vague hobby in reading about art thefts is about to leave the country because we don't have the Mona Lisa. We should ask him for help. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so they, they want our help in recovering the painting. This came as something of a surprise to you, even though you had received a lot of publicity when you helped locate a stolen painting in Washington, D.C. a year ago. You're inventive. Oh. So I guess there's... Must be part of a series, I bet. Oh, uh, that... 
would make sense. So that's like a slight thing being like, oh, you better buy more of our books if you want to know the full right. story. <laughs> Don't remember that adventure? Buy book number 72. <laughs> uh, where was I? Your inventive and unique solution to that case brought much attention in the press, and now you're internationally known. Even so, it's hard to believe that you're the American specialist mentioned in the newspaper report. As you board the metro, the Paris subway, that's departing from the airport, you think about how you'll present yourself to the world-famous safety during your 5 o'clock meeting later today. You get off the subway at a stop in the center of Paris, right next to the apartment building where your good friend Pierre lives. You've arranged to stay with Pierre while you're in Paris. As you approach his building, your excitement increases. You haven't seen Pierre in over a year, not since he was an exchange student in the United States at your school. Pierre is not only a good friend, but he was a help to you in the Washington, D.C. case. You're hoping he can help you again. His interest in politics has given him many underground connections. He can often gain information about terrorist activities. <laughs> okay, sure. Again, just having like a vague interest in something means like you are the expert. Right. I always wonder what name they use for this character in like foreign stuff set in America. Like Pierre is our sort of standard French name. I always wonder like mm. it's just like your friend John. Like everyone in America is named John. It's it's that's probably what it is, yeah. Probably. Probably. Anyway, continue. Let us go hang out with our maybe terrorist friend. <laughs> Uh, Pierre isn't at home, but he's left the keys to his apartment with the concierge. You better, or sorry, you let yourself in and look around. Stuck to the refrigerator, you find a note. Welcome. I am working at a small cafe called the St. Robert. Meet me there. It is on the Champs Elysees. Before you leave, please listen to the answering machine for any change in plans. Great, you think. I'll be able to get in a bit of sightseeing on the way to the cafe. You switch on the answering machine. The first message is one you didn't expect. It's from Madame Daphne Delavoie, the head of the safety, asking you to meet her at 3.30 instead of at 5, if possible. It's already 2 o'clock. The second message is from Pierre. He says that he has some important information and asks you to meet him at the top level of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> it seems so... I don't know. Stereotypical. <laughs> We're in France. My name's Pierre. You better meet me at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Right, yeah. <laughs> um. So he wants us to meet him between 3 and 4 o'clock. Okay. So we have a busy schedule ahead of us. Both messages sound important. You know you must act quickly. So we can decide to see Pierre first. Or we can see Madame Delavoie immediately. Mm. You know, I don't know why, but this is reminding me of a question that I often get in job interviews, where they say, uh, "So, so how do you handle the situation where you're handling multiple deadlines and you know that you can't reach one of them?" And they ask you how you would react to that situation. I feel like this is kind of happening now because it sounds like we can only really choose one. Yeah, no, that, uh, yep, I feel like that's very much that situation. I hate those questions, because it's always like, just tell me what the priority of these tasks is, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I will follow, like, there's no, sometimes they sort of actually play off intuition, but I, I know that a lot of times it's like, there's no real way for you to intuit the correct answer, so it's like... Hmm. Seems like maybe we should go see Pierre first so that we have maximum information. Maybe. What do we what do we need to see him about? Just more information? Or are we just catching up with him? Oh, didn't I thought he left a message saying like he specifically had important information. It's one of those cases where I'm reading but I'm not exactly 
processing everything. Uh, he says he has some important information. Okay, that's all it says. And she's just asking if you can meet her earlier if possible. So I, right. I doubt that's going to be a huge issue if we say no, because it's kind of at the last minute. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like gathering maximum information previous to talking with the cops were probably going to tell us that they have no substantial information. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that later on, when we meet up with her, she says, what information do you have so far? And then we say all of it. <laughs> right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, let's. I guess let's go see Pierre first then. All right. Let's turn to page 70, listeners. If you happen to own this book and are following along. <laughs> you decide to put off contacting the safety until you talk with Pierre. You go to the top of the Eiffel Tower for your meeting with him. Even in March, the tower is crowded with tourists. Is it cold there in March? I guess that's not really tourist season, is it? I don't know. Um, I have no idea. Like... Hmm. I guess March isn't generally tourist season anywhere. Yeah, I guess it's usually still pretty chilly in March. Most places. Alright. Pierre is watching the elevator, and he signals casually to you as you step off. Quickly, over here, he says, pointing to an unoccupied corner. You look at him questioningly. I have something important to tell you, Pierre goes on. I wanted to give you the information in a public place. It is less conspicuous. Okay. You nod and look at the view of Paris below you as if you're just a tourist enjoying the sights. There's a shipment of stolen art leaving Paris early tomorrow with London as its, desti- as its destination, Pierre says. My sources think it is a safe bet that the Mona Lisa is in the shipment. You stare at Pierre with amazement. I've hardly arrived in Paris, and it looks like you've practically solved the case. I'll have to go to the safety, you know. We can't keep this information to ourselves. Do you want to come with me? If not, I'll leave your name out. No one will ever know. Pierre frowns. I may be putting my life on the line, he replies, but I will come. You call Madame Delavoye at the safety with the news, but she doesn't sound as impressed as you'd hoped. This is the safety you're dealing with, Madame Delavoye says into the phone. I do not expect you to change meeting times at your whim. That's what she did. She changed the meeting times. We just <laughs> chose to adhere to the original meeting time. Come to my office right away. We must make plans. Damn it. And by the way, the illustration here. It looks like Pierre is, he's got some, like a leather jacket on and jeans and some mild hair. It's like James Dean or something. Nice. Basically. So he's pretty cool. Even though, uh, I guess it's not his fault that we skipped the meeting. Whatever. Guess you could just say we're rebels without a cause. <laughs> we have a cause, though. Finding the Mona Lisa. We do. That is our cause. Uh, you reach safety headquarters by four o'clock and are quickly ushered into Madame Delavoie's office. She looks cross and says briskly, you lead the operation. I'll assign two of my agents, Frederick and Dominique, to help you. You wonder about Pierre's role in the case, and at that precise moment, he speaks up. Excuse me, madame, he says to Madame Delavoye, but will I be involved? After all, it is I who got the lead. Madame Delavoye looks at him, uh, looks him over coldly, then says, the safety has its own sources. Please wait outside for a few moments. Damn. Uh-oh. After Pierre closes the door behind him, you head, or the head of the safety gives you two options. You may work alone with Pierre, or you may work with the two safety agents. You know she is miffed that you decided to meet with Pierre before coming to the safety, but you try to put aside her feelings as you think about the best way to solve the case. Uh, will the lead... Provided by Pierre's underground connections prove more accurate than the information gathered by the safety's hardened professionals? Ooh. Hmm. So that is that is our choice. I like how she chooses out for being a half hour late slash an hour early 
and then gives <laughs> us carte blanche to do whatever the fuck we want. I'm pissed off you made me wait, but I'll give you all of the resources at my disposal. Also, if you don't want to use those resources, that would be fine, but I will look at you in an annoyed manner. Okay, cool, man. She probably just doesn't like us because we're American. That's but she knows that, that they need me, or I'm not me, but us, or this character. They Okay, if they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have called us to France to help with this case, right? Right. So using the safety agents doesn't seem to make sense as much as Pierre, maybe. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't actually said what the safety agents know or are going to help us with. She was just like, here are two safety agents. Like, <laughs> the safety agents. It sounds like something from G.I. Joe. <laughs> it, it'd be some sort of really convoluted uh, abbreviation for something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and Pierre helped us with the last one. And I feel like apparently, yeah. I feel like there's a high chance that one of the safety agents will betray us. That's, mm. That's worth thinking about. Uh, I, I personally would rather work with Pierre, I guess. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay, Pierre, you say, ushering your friend back into Madame Delavoye's office. From now on, we're a team, just you and me. Oh, nice. Formidable, he exclaims. Together, we are unbeatable. I know it. Why, the Mona Lisa is almost in our hands. <laughs> Pierre is excited, despite Madame Delavoye's obvious dislike for him. Madame Delavoye tells you that all police stations have been notified and will give you any help you want. Then she says hurriedly, You know that almost all of the large-scale smuggling goes through the ports of Calais or Reims. You can take either port. The safety will take care of the other one, in case Pierre's information is accurate. Your cover, by the way, will be a, be that of students on holiday. However, as such, you will be limited to ground transportation, cars and trains, since presumably you would be able to do more sightseeing that way. That's fine. Aren't we basically actually students <laughs> sightseeing? More or less. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like, I think the train system in France is pretty good, so we should be able to get around fine. Yeah. After the meeting, you're led into a room where you're given safety credentials and all sorts of equipment. Miniature shortwave radios, infrared binoculars and glasses, tape recorders, and cameras. You're then led to the parking lot where a black car, a Citroën, awaits you. I don't know what that is. Oh, a Citroën? Oh, a Citroën, yeah, I don't they're pretty much they're pretty much regular cars as far as I know. Like I think they're I think they're in like the VW range. They're like the they're, they're like the French VW, I think. Oh, I guess it would make sense for it to be a regular car for students. Yeah. We don't want it to be driving around like a Mercedes or something. But yeah, I mean, I think they make pretty like normalish cars. Okay. Well, now we know. It's yours if you choose to go to Rhymes which is only a two-hour drive away, but to go to Kalai, which is farther away, you will take a train called the TGV, which is one of the fastest trains in the world. Okay. So we can either drive to one place or we can take the bullet train to the other place. We're not going to oh. get any clues about which is which. I want to look something up. I want to say that the, the, the latter one... Because they said this stuff is going to uh, England, right? And I'm pretty. I don't. How do you Calais? How do you how do you how do you say that? Calais. Calais. I'm pretty sure that one's right on the coast near England. It is. Okay, we're going there. Okay, sounds good to me. I'm looking it up on a map because Rhymes is like way inland, but Calais is like the closest point to the UK. All right, makes sense to me. So I think we should go there. Uh, random knowledge of French geography came in handy. Good job, Peter. High five. Hooray. Riding the TGV is the train ride of your life. Speeding along at 150 miles per hour, 
you feel as though you're standing still. You reach Calais in a matter of hours and get a good night's sleep. The next morning, Pierre searches for clues and information in the cafes while you scan the boats in the harbor. Before long, you strike up a conversation with an old fisherman who has docked his boat at this port for over 50 years. Has any of the boats... Shouldn't we have any of the boats? Yeah. Well, we're students. We're still learning how to speak. (laughs) Has any of these boats arrived in the harbor within the past two days, you ask casually? The old man responds in a gruff voice. You see that small cutter over there? The gray one? Yes. Well, she just came in today. Trouble follows that boat. Trouble is gray as its hull. She's a smuggler, I assure you. Whenever she's in port, things go bad. But you didn't hear that from me. The old man ducks his head and walks away. (laughs) I apologize for it. No, the voice was good. I like the voice. I just love how that, like, random old fisherman is willing to tell random young tourist students that that's totally a smuggling vessel. (laughs) Uh, You look toward the cutter. What attracts your attention, however, is a sailboat in the distance. Alongside it, you can dimly make out a shape. You find Pierre quickly and bring him back to the docks. Can you hand me the infrared binoculars, you ask? Pierre does so, and you gradually focus on the sailboat. The shape you notice is a small dinghy, and three men are loading cargo onto the sailboat. You tell Pierre what you see, and then say, Let's split up, Pierre. One of us can check the cutter, the other can check the sailboat. Split up, Pierre echoes. That's kind of dangerous. How about alerting the police instead? They could check out one boat while we check the other. You think about Pierre's suggestion. Your friend has a point. It is dangerous to split up. But on the other hand, if you get the police, you'll lose a lot of time. So which one should we do? It's a tough one. I kind of want to split up and investigate on our own. Calling the police seems like these guys are going to like pack up really quick and leave. And then they're going to be more vigilant of people trying to spot them. Whereas if we're sneaky, they don't know what's going on. So they may, we may have a better yeah. chance of finding what they're doing. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I feel like the like, at this point in these stories, the cautious option is never the right one. <laughs> we have to be daring. That's right. Seize the day. Carpe diem. We, uh, we didn't come all the way to France just to call the police. That's right. We're the American for a reason. Pierre should be aboard the sailboat by now, you think, as you sneak around the cargo hold aboard the cutter, looking for the paintings. To your surprise, you find only cases of wine. <laughs> Damn, Damn French. You stay below deck and call the safety on your miniature shortwave radio. The the voice that answers your call tells you that the boat Pierre is on headed for Holland. Pierre found nothing but antiques on board. You and Pierre manage to make nerve-wracking but uneventful escapes. When you meet up in Calais, you call to safety again. This time you are told that the Mona Lisa was found in possession of of a radical terrorist group. The safety rewards you and Pierre for your work, but you feel unfulfilled. Maybe you aren't cut out for detective work after all. The end. <laughs> you were rewarded, Fuck. but a nagging emptiness in your soul continues. <laughs> this book knows me so well. <laughs> Do you think maybe the location thing was where we went wrong? Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe that was too obvious. Yeah. I, know, I felt it was I mean, logical. No, I mean... What's the one that's closest to London? Let's go there. That makes perfect sense. But I mean, assuming that it's all one story and details don't change according to your choices, like obviously it was in the other city. Should we try that? Maybe. Yeah. Unless we're destined to fail no matter what. I mean, who knows? Maybe if we had called the safety immediately... It would have been in Calais. Like, who knows? Uh, that would be a boring ending. Then the police show up and they get 
whatever. It's boring. Yeah, that would be sort of a bummer. I want like a James Bond story here. <laughs> um, we have infrared binoculars. I feel like we should be able to pull some James Bond shit out. That's true. Uh, I need to. It's harder to go back in a book because I can't just click back. I have to figure out what damn pages I was on. Right. Uh, yeah. seventy-eight. Okay, so yeah, so let's go to Reams or Rhymes. Reams. Reams. Let's go to Reams instead. Pierre knows the route to Reams very well, having spent summer vacations there. The drive is an easy one, and you arrive at the port that evening. The next morning, you're up early, and you take your positions along the docks. Three large Sea Link ferries are waiting to leave for England. I'm confused, because when I looked up this place on the map, it wasn't anywhere near the coast. So what docks are they referring to? I do not know. I'm trying to look at Maybe, it. Maybe, like, is it on a river? Do they go up a river and then head to England? There is a river. So maybe maybe they're like fairies? I guess. I also can't tell what river this is. Whatever. I'm just going to keep reading. Usually when we complain about shit, like the next sentence will explain what we're confused about. Oh, and here you go. This is exact. Okay. God damn it. Um, three large ceiling fairies are waiting for the... It's in the same sentence I was already reading. <laughs> waiting to leave for England. A trip beginning here on the Vessel River. Fucking A. I need to read more and stop talking. <laughs> for two hours, you watch the ferries fill with cars and passengers, spotting nothing suspicious. Shortly before the last ferry's departure time, you notice an unmarked black van drive aboard the ferry. On a hunch, you and Pierre buy tickets and the radio and radio the safety to tell them of your plan to board the ferry and follow the van. You also ask for people from Scotland Yard to be waiting across the English Channel in Dover, England, the ferry's destination. Pierre parks your car on board, and the two of you get out and begin your search for the van amongst the rows of cars. Finally, Pierre sees it at the end of a row and peeks through the window. He gasps and gestures toward you. <laughs> so you just look inside the window of a van, the Mona Lisa is just sitting there. Oh, gee. Well done. They didn't even get like a windowless fan. Amateurs. Right, and like they thought, oh, I know what we'll get. A scary looking black van. That'll definitely be good. And we won't put it in a box or anything. Like <laughs> Just put it up against the window so it's facing outward. Right. Oh, people will think it's a poster. It'll be fine. They paint like a little uh Little metal hands on Mona Lisa, so people think it's a poster for like a rock band. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Um, let's see. There are paintings in here. Let's find the people who drove aboard in the van and make an arrest. No, you reply, joining him at the van and looking through the window at the tubes wrapped in brown paper. We can't be sure that those tubes contain paintings, and besides, we don't have any solid evidence that the van's passengers are thieves. For all we know, those tubes could contain paintings or posters they actually own. Well, then that, let's at least break into the van and look inside the tubes, Pierre insists. Uh, so we can either break into the van or decide to wait until you reach England before investigating further. Uh, either one of those could turn out bad. Yeah. I feel like if we wait until it gets to England, there's a chance we'll lose it, mm -hmm. or it'll be like another car that we didn't see, and we're going to be fixated on this car the whole trip. But I feel like if we go in there to investigate, there's a chance that like we're going to get locked in there, and we're going to end up in some warehouse with a bunch of guns pulling <laughs> Well, generally, that's kind of what we want, though, right? No, that's true. I mean... I don't know. I guess I'm in favor of investigating. Breaking, breaking into the van? Breaking in, yeah. I'm down for that. Alright. Alright, we'll check the van, you say. But first, let's go up to an outside deck. 
I want to notify the safety that we may have to make an arrest, and the transmission will be clearer from there. You and Pierre find a deserted corner of the ferry where you radio Madame Delavoie and tell her what's happening. She warns you to check out the situation carefully before taking any action. You'd better be sure the Mona Lisa is in that van before you arrest anybody. You assure her that you'll be very careful, then head back to the lower deck where the cars are parked. You and Pierre creep toward the van's doors. Suddenly, Pierre trips and falls against the van. The doors fly open and two men jump out. Uh-oh. Let's see. So we could run for it, or we can rely on your cover as sightseeing students. Uh, cover. Hmm. It's a ferry. Where are we going to run? It's a boat. That's true. Like, what was that commercial for the reboot of Hawaii Five-O? Where the guy's, like, running on the freeway, and they're like, where's he think he's going? It's an island. I feel like that's the situation here. Like, where are we going to go? It's a ferry. Mm. Are they rebooting that? Oh, they did, like, a couple years ago. Oh. Okay. I don't think it, I don't think it got more than, like, a season. Who knows? Maybe it's still running. Just like the guy on the island. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like, I never watched the original Hawaii Five-0, so, hmm. like, the idea of a reboot of a show that I never gave a shit about doesn't really <laughs> excite me. Well, I really care about this one. Um, I, you know, I was, I, actually, I was, I was reading, I was thinking, because I guess I can do that at the same time. Um, if, I, I don't, although I guess maybe this information that we have now goes to the contrary of that thought, but... I was thinking, if it really was the Mona Lisa, would they really, like, wrap it up tightly in paper like that? Wouldn't they leave it intact as much as possible because it's probably really fragile? I mean, if it weren't the Mona Lisa, would there be dudes in the van? Well, that's yeah. It? That's what I'm saying. Now that we know that there's dudes in the van, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, as you stand your ground, one of the men yells in French, Qui êtes vous? You understand, but respond in English. Sorry, I don't speak French. A, the, the men relax a little. The sound, the second one begins talking with you in English. I'm sorry to have frightened you. You please must excuse us, he says, smiling. My friend Pete and I were admiring your van, you say, with a wide, friendly grin. We're on our way to London for a few days. Tourists? asks the man pleasantly. Yes, you reply. We were in Paris last week and had a great time, except for the fact that the Mona Lisa was stolen before we got a chance to see it. What a coincidence, says the man. We are art dealers on our way to a show in London. My name is Bernard Montague, and this is my colleague Samuel Dummond. Would you like to come and see the art show while you are there? Man, this has Stranger Danger written all over it. Right. You want to... We have exactly what you'd like. Do you want to get into our black van? <laughs> well, at least we know that there's windows. Right. Uh, let's see. Sure, you reply as he hands you his card. We'll be there tomorrow. Thanks, Mr. Montague. Stranger zone! <laughs> That's a terrible zone. Uh-huh. As you and Pierre are alone again, you radio the safety and report your plan to attend the art show. So <laughs> we're going to go to the art show and they're just going to have the Mona Lisa there. Look what right. we have. Give us money. <laughs> the rest of the crossing is uneventful. You and Pierre keep an eye on the van and its inhabitants. Montague stays out of sight. He could be an authentic art dealer. He could be a thief. You'll have to find, you'll have to keep your eye on him in London. Finally, you land. You drive wearily to London, overtired uh, from all of the traveling you've been doing, and from the excitement of this mad chase, you fall into an exhausted sleep in the tiny hotel. Madame Delavoye told you to stay in. You sleep soundly, knowing that the safety has arranged with Scotland Yard to follow the van and Monsieur Montague. They will contact you by radio when necessary. Although, actually, now that I turn the page, we now have a new illustration. Bunch of people standing around 
quietly whispering to each other about an art piece on the wall <laughs> that looks rather abstract. Uh, let's see. The next morning, after being awakened at dawn by a phone call, you and Pierre meet with a detective inspector from Scotland Yard. Um, it is decided that plainclothes detectives from the yard will also attend the art show. You and Pierre are not to arrive at the show until almost 5 o'clock. You take the underground, the London subway, to the art show and find that it's being held in what was once an old warehouse. It now boasts white walls, high-tech lighting, and modern furniture. The crowd at the show is well-dressed and well-to-do. You and Pierre look out of place. Hello, I am so glad that you can make it. Bernard Montague greets you as soon as he sees you. We wouldn't have missed it for anything, you reply. Would you please come with me for a few minutes? I have something to discuss with you. <laughs> Jesus. Out of the corner of your eye, you see two men in overcoats standing among a crowd of people looking at a large abstract painting. One of them looks over his shoulder at you. You wonder if they're the men from Scotland Yard. <laughs> wearing the standard London cop uniform of overcoats. <laughs> yeah. They're undercover. Really? They look like cops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Once you're out of the main room, Montague leads you and Pierre into a small room, and the three of you sit down around a table. I work for a firm that sells paintings all over the world, Montague tells you rather abruptly. At times we end up with paintings that have been stolen, and we have to smuggle them into certain countries. Return them, if you will. Of course, we are well paid. You were taken aback. You never expected him to reveal this much to you. We would like to ask your help. As couriers to take a painting back to France for us, he continues. Okay. <laughs> it's a twist! <laughs> Why have you chosen us, you ask? Because you offer the perfect cover, he responds. No one would, sus no one would suspect two young people on holiday. <laughs> so we're going to go undercover while we're undercover. Right. Um, if he only knew... You think, as Montague continues, you would be doing a service to art and to France, and we will pay you handsomely. What do you say? Will you do it? You and Pierre exchange glances. Yes, you reply. We'll do it. Good. We will leave at once, Montague says. Whew. Okay. So we can choose to leave with him immediately, hoping the men from Scotland Yard will follow. Or we can try to signal the Scotland Yard team before we leave. And I'm going to say right now, I think we should go with the first choice. But I'm open to other ideas. No, I think the first choice sounds good. This is this is bordering on the nonsensical. Yeah, and I, don't, I don't want any chance of, you know, us, you know, waving our arms at the Scotland Yard guys, drawing attention. Yeah, from, I feel like so. he's going to, like, he's about to hand us the Mona Lisa. And be like, deliver this to France. And we're going to be like, no problem. We'll deliver it to France. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know why we need Scotland Yard at this point. Yeah, all they're doing is standing around in coats. Yeah. All right. Any sense. Well, let's do that then. Montague leads you out through a side door to the black van. Once inside the van, he insists that you each accept a blindfold. Just a precaution, my friends, he says. You allow him to put the blindfolds on, confident that the men from Scotland Yard will, will be able to follow the van. After 40 minutes or so, the van stops, and you're led out, blindfolds in place. Up a couple of steps, down two flights of stairs, then straight ahead through dank, damp air. You're obviously underground. The blindfolds are taken off, and you're told to crawl through a small tunnel which leads into a larger room. This sounds really... Okay. Not happy about the tunnel. Does not sound good. <laughs> yeah, this is like Stranger Danger times 10. Get into our van, wear these blindfolds, and then go in underground tunnels and crawl around. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you trust the Scotland Yard agents to find you as you crawl, you slip off your watch and leave it lying on the floor of the tunnel. I can't believe it. You said you dealt with a few stolen paintings, but there are hundreds here. You say to Montague once you're inside the room. 
Unfortunately, very few are real. When a famous painting disappears, we make copies and try to sell them to private collectors as the authentic thing. As, as the authentic thing. It's a good business, Montague replies, smiling with pride. Can we see some of the real paintings, Mr. Montague? Pierre asks. All in good time, my friend. All in good time. By the way, he says, wheeling toward you, you dropped your watch in the tunnel. <laughs> he is not smiling. Shit. Well, I don't feel too bad because that's not a choice that we made. Right? It was a, yeah, it's not our fault. Yeah, it's a choice that we read. Uh, your mouth drops open at Montague's statement, but you quickly recover and take the watch from his outstretched hand. Oh, thanks, you reply. You wonder if Montague is suspicious of you, but he drops the subject immediately. You will travel to Paris tomorrow with two paintings hidden in the trunk of your car, he says. Where do we take the paintings once we're in Paris, you ask? There is no time for Montague to reply. Five men from Scotland Yard burst into the room. Seems a little premature. Open that safe, one of the men yells at Montague. I cannot. I do not know the combination, he responds. So bitch. Alfred, blast it open, one of them says to an officer with a satchel of equipment. Within five minutes, the safe is open and three paintings are taken out. You recognize two of them as paintings stolen a few months ago, but you don't see the Mona Lisa. Where is it, you demand of Montague? Where is the Mona Lisa? We never stole the Mona Lisa. The smuggler responds nervously, but we did sell two copies in France. You were to deliver them. Well, I guess the Mona Lisa is lost for now, but at least we found these, you say, pointing to a Picasso and a Rembrandt. The paintings are returned to their owners, and you and Pierre are given large rewards, but the Mona Lisa is never found. What a shame, you think years later, when you're the curator of a famous art gallery in Washington, D.C. All the paintings in the world I wanted to see, the one I most wanted to see, was the Mona Lisa. The end. We caught some completely different art smugglers. What the fuck? <laughs> Though, I mean, I don't know if you can really blame a dude for being like, every time a famous piece of art is stolen, a bunch of rich jackasses try and buy it. I'll make a bunch of fakes and sell it to them. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. Well, I'm a little... It's weird because this is like a fairly thick book compared to some of the other ones we've done. And as I'm flipping through to different parts when it tells me to go to certain pages, I've passed a number of like interesting illustrations of cool looking things that happen. So there's definitely like a lot more different directions that this goes, apparently. It seems like there must be really like yeah. the endings are sort of so bizarre. Like, oh, you got the Mona Lisa, but not you specifically, so you're a little bummed out. Oh, you caught some art thieves, but not the art thieves you were looking for. So you're a little bummed out. Like, <laughs> and like the second, like after we like took a step back and kept going, like that went a long time. So there's definitely like a lot in here that we haven't even touched yet. That being said, I don't know if we should stop here. Maybe do one more and then stop or do a second episode where we do more endings of this. I mean, I wouldn't mind a second episode. I, I, I'm pretty confident that we could fill another episode with more directions of this book. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe stop here and we'll do it. Let's do another. Let's do a second episode with this book. Okay. I'm down with that. Uh, once again, listeners, in the meantime, if you want to grab this book from your local library... Pick up a library card and then ask about The Mona Lisa is Missing by Ramsey Montgomery, which is Choose Your Own Adventure number 76. Have we? I remember we've mentioned R.A. Montgomery before. I assume that's the same as Ramsey Montgomery. Yeah. Was R. A., I guess R.A. Montgomery was like one of the main writers of this series. Uh, R.A. Montgomery was one of the very first writers in the series, yeah. Hmm. Or, yeah. I think you or actually the- did some research on that. Didn't yeah, one of the two originators of the series. I see. And actually, one of the other books we did previously, Race of the Year, was also by the same author. There you go. That's a pretty good one. That was episode 32 for you listeners who are interested. All right, so I'm 
a little getting a little weary of talking, so um, <laughs> I will end by doing more talking about our Facebook page at facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. Um, feel free to reach out to us. Tell us if you like the show, if you hate it, if you have ideas for other stories for us to play, whether they're books or something online. Um, or if you just want to say hi, that's fine too. Uh, you can do the same, all that same stuff on our Twitter page uh, at Go Your Own Way Pod, and that is run by Eric, I believe. Yes. Do Probably, we? if you do the Facebook page, you will end up talking to Peter or Jen. If you yeah. contact us on Twitter, you'll probably talk to me. Do we have any? I don't actually. I don't think I've ever even visited our our Twitter page. Do we have any followers? Um, a couple, but nothing super exciting just yet. Right. Well, you we listeners up, can make it super exciting. Sorry, what? We've been picking up like one or two a day. But, oh, okay. You know, that's something. Uh, what else do we got? iTunes. Uh, oh, that was that was. Well, yeah, oh, we got the book. iTunes. Yeah, that was iTunes was one that you guys forgot to mention last week. Yeah, I but hate iTunes. I know it doesn't really matter. I don't think anyone <laughs> actually subscribes on iTunes anyway. There's another one that you guys forgot, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, it might have been the Facebook page, but you didn't say like how to find it on Facebook. Oh, I f- <laughs> I don't okay. No, that that makes sense. I'm sure we said find us on Facebook without actually saying <laughs> go to facebook.com slash go your own way. Oh, gosh. See, so, yeah, iTunes is a thing if you do use it. Uh, also, yes, we did write a book called Dances the Sasquatch, including six uh, interactive stories written by us, and, well, us two, and then a few other people as well. And you can find that on the Kindle store. Again, that's called Dances with Sasquatch. Yes. And I believe that's all of our social media shits for now. I think so. I think that fulfills our social media obligations. Yes. So tune in next time for more adventures in France and probably more failures on our part. Maybe Jen will actually like acknowledge our existence next week and she'll join (laughs) us and then maybe her smarts will help us find the Mona Lisa we can only hope for more original podcasts videos and pop culture news visit overmental.com thanks for listening